Hello, everyone, and welcome to the last of this week's uh, series of a rugby lineout podcast in which we wrap up last weekend's epic weekend of summer tour test action in which we look at Scotland, Argentina. We'll also have a quick mention of the Canada-Spain game and also the USA-Chile uh, Rugby World Cup qualifier. The last two games, I have to be honest, I have not seen them. Uh, I can't. Even, I haven't even actually seen highlights of the Canada game um, because I can't find any. Um, the game is available in its entirety on TSN. I just simply have not had the time to watch it. Um, but I think, you know, unfortunately it doesn't paint a, that and the USA game, which was played in Chile in pouring rain, paint particularly positive picture of, of North American test rugby at the moment. But anyway, uh, more of that in a moment, Argentina, Scotland, a very different game from last weekend. Um, it was an interesting game because, you know, if I was a, Argentinian support, I would have been very frustrated by that game, but I also wouldn't have been uh, overly depressed. Um, I think I would have looked at that game very much in the same way if I, I was a Springbok supporter, the way I would have looked at, at that second test uh, last weekend against Wales. Um, Argentina times looked really good. They just, they, they you know, they just would fluff their lines at critical moments. And I'm sure a lot of work will have been done this week um, to, to address that. But they looked enterprising on attack. They looked exciting on attack. They looked pretty solid a lot of the time on defense. Uh, they just had some breakdowns at times uh, and communication errors and, and stuff. So, I, you know, it was a frustrating game to watch, I think, if you were a Puma supporter. But not a hopeless game to watch. And I think, you know, there's enough talent in this Puma squad. Um, I mean, there's a ton of talent. It's a ridiculously talented squad. I think just, you know, they just haven't had the, the chance to uh, play that much together. Um, and I think also as well that being Argentina's National Independence Day and, you know, there's lots of atmosphere. Maybe just the pressure. It was only their second game at home in three years. It just all kind of, got on top of them at, at times um you know whereas scotland were under no they were under pressure to win obviously but not that same kind of emotional pressure perhaps um so yeah it, it was an interesting game and i think you know um it was close in a lot of respects and i think although argentina ended up losing 29 to 6 which is not a particularly flattering scoreline i think if you then go back to the statistics for that match it doesn't actually paint that bad a picture of Argentina. They were very competitive. It's just that those critical moments in that match, unlike the first test, their execution wasn't quite there. But yeah, you know, possession overall, 49% for Argentina, 51% for, for Scotland. Not a huge difference. Same in the territory. Uh, Argentina edged the territory game 51% to 49% for Scotland. So you know, uh, kind of, kind of close. Now the big concern I think for Argentina will be Scotland scored three tries to none for Argentina. Unlike in the first test that will worry them. Their discipline, the Argentinian discipline wasn't the best at times, but meters made, you know, Argentina did more of the running 372 to 278. Um, 
you know, uh, they were passing the ball around a lot more. Um, so, yeah, where I think Argentina kind of lost out was turnovers one Scotland were more ferocious and more effective in that department. Um, but, you know, the tackle count was kind of even. Um, you know, uh, yeah, there weren't really huge differences in the sides, except I, what was really interesting. And this is where I think Argentina can be, feel really frustrated because at line-out time, um, you know, they, they, they dominated Scotland. Um, you know, guys like Guido Petty and stuff, line-out steal, uh, master par extraordinaire. You know, Scott, Argentina's line-out success was 89%, which is pretty good at this level, whereas Scotland only managed 73%. Admittedly, it was a very, very windy day there, very challenging for kicking conditions and line-out conditions, but still. But really interesting, an area that traditionally you would think Argentina would dominate, the scrums, they were kind of sloppy from both sides, but, you know, only a 57% success rate for Argentina opposed to 73% for Scotland. So work to do for both sides there, but, um, you know, one of Argentina's kind of like hallmark uh, strengths just wasn't really working for them uh, last Saturday. Um, yeah, and I thought, you know, kind of a... Kind of a quiet game from Montoya, Montoya uh, as captain. Uh, Creevy came on relatively early. Um, but yeah, he's subsequently injured, unfortunately, Montoya, and will miss this this third uh, decider. Um, like I say, the, the, the scrums weren't great from both sides, but I think the uh, Skum and Cherry and Fagerson uh, combo for Scotland was that, that much more effective. I thought Sam Skinner and Grant Kilchrist uh, had a pretty decent shift in the second row, except at line-out time where they got kind of dominated by Guido Petty and Matthias Alamano. Um, but I think what really impressed me was that Scottish back row of Matt Fagerson, Hamish Watson, and Rory Darge. Uh, Darge put in a huge shift, uh, which further um, strengthens his call to be a regular test starter for Scotland. But uh, Watson and Fagerson were also absolutely massive. Um, and they kind of put Kramer, Bruni, and uh, Juan Martin Gonzalez a little bit in the shadow. Not overly. You know, I still think the Argentinian trio had a decent game. It was just at times their execution and discipline wasn't the best. Um, in the halfbacks, I thought Ben White... Um, yeah, you know, Ben White totally um, justified all the hype around him. Um, I think he's well worth sticking with. Uh, I was a little bit surprised to not see him get the start for this weekend's decider. Uh, I think Blair Kinghorn made some errors at times, but is growing into the role uh, as needed and when, when uh, required at uh, fly half for Scotland. Once again, though, I would have to see a little bit more of Ross Thompson as a backup there. Like I say, I firmly am of the belief that Scotland needs to develop an option to Finn Russell. Um, but anyway, we'll see how that works out. Uh, I thought Gonzalo Bertrano wasn't the sharpest for Argentina. 
um, a scrum half, but Santiago Carreras, apart from some handling errors, I still am absolutely convinced um, that he is worth sticking with in the fly half role for Argentina. He is a genuine attacking threat. And I think his game management and game uh, play skills are increasing with every outing. Um, much more physical uh, presence from Duan van der Merver out wide uh, for um, Scotland. Uh, really good to see him get into the, the kind of physicality needed in a test series with Argentina. Um, impressive performance from him. Darcy Graham, I thought was electric. I'm really sad to see him uh, get taken off injured and uh, now out for the rest of the tour. Exceptionally, exceptionally exciting player. Uh, So quick recovery from him because, yeah, he's a player I love watching in a Scottish jersey. Um, Sam Johnson, Mark Bennett, a pretty steady shift in in the midfield. Uh, And I think they were much more visible than... uh, Geronimo de la Fuente and Matias Orlando for Argentina. Um, and I would say the same with the wings as well for Scotland. I don't think Imhoff and Cordero really hit their straps uh, last Saturday. Uh, and I thought even Emiliano Buffelli struggled a little bit at fullback. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, uh, it was a good shift. Rory Hutchinson and then Kyle Rowe came on and got injured. So uh, fullback for Scotland. So um, be interesting to see how they, they make out um, this weekend uh, for Scotland. Um, as the game wears on, do they do they shift um, Blair Kinghorn back to, to fullback? Um, who knows? Anyway, um, that was that was that was the game. Um, it was it was an interesting game. It was certainly entertaining. Um, I thought, uh, I thought, you know, Argentina's bench, um, could have been a little bit more dynamic when they came on. I do think for Kinda, for Kundo Isa had a really good shift when he came on, but, um, I think Argentina will need a lot more impact from their bench this weekend against, against Scotland. Talking of this weekend, uh, like I say, uh, number four of the series deciders. Like how many times have we seen that in recent history? I can't remember it in living memory, but um, yeah, I think it's uh, it's a good lineup for both sides. You know, everybody's brought out the big guns. Um, Rory Sutherland, um, Xander Fagerson, and Scotland have gone with Ewan Ashman. Their lineout has been an issue, so let's see if he can make a better fist of it. Um, the Toronto-born native, um, when he has made appearances for Scotland, they have looked good. Uh, we know what he's got. Let's see him do it. Um, and I would say the same for Thomas Gallo for Argentina, who comes in in the front row uh, and as a prop. He's had a stellar season with Benetton Rugby. He was fantastic last year for Argentina in the Rugby Championship. Made one hell of a debut, scoring two tries. Um, I'd say good call. Very good call. Uh, Creevy's obviously in there. Um, at Hooker, uh, he got a rapturous welcome from the crowd 
last weekend. So good to see him back. Um, Guido Petty keeps his place in the second row. And, and, you know, he was one of the bright shining stars last weekend for Argentina, despite the result. You know, he is just such a, a potent ball carry. He's, you know, for a second row, he's blindingly fast. Uh, but also a great lineout poacher, just real quality. Thomas Lebanini comes in. I'd argue that Lebanini is playing better rugby these days and more disciplined rugby. He still has issues, still has a tendency to see red, uh, the old red mist in the heat of the moment. But uh, I think he has cleaned up his act a lot. And, um, you know, he's certainly a valuable player. I, I don't think there's there's any issues around that. Um and, uh, yeah, he's had a pretty good run with Claremont this season in France. Um, and uh, in the back row, you got Pablo Matero, Facundo Isa, and Santiago Grandona. Jury's out for me on Grandona. Um, but, yeah, Scotland keep that, that powerhouse um, back row they had last weekend of Darge, Watson, and Fagerson. While in the second row, it's Scott Cummings and... Uh, Johnny Gray. Um, I'm not quite sure where Gilchrist is. I I seem to have missed whether or not he got injured. He was the Scotland captain, so I'm not uh, 100% sure what's going on there. I believe he is nursing an injury, um, so there you have it. Um, not much more to be said. Unfortunate, like I say, injuries do seem to have taken their toll um this this round of summer tours as they as they inevitably do uh with everybody at the end of uh at the end of a long season and i'm just checking here and it says doo -doo -doo -doo, that it doesn't say anything uh yeah it doesn't say anything as to why gilchrist is not there so yeah, uh, I'm not 100% sure what the deal is there. Uh, it's Hamish Watson who gets the captaincy, though. So uh, that's always a strong suit in Scotland's armour. So, um, yeah, going back into uh, into the lineups, uh, Ali Price, Blair Kinghorn will be starting for Scotland in the halfbacks. Like I say, I still think they could have stuck with Ben White and brought Ali Price off the bench. Um, but we'll see. Uh, whereas this weekend, they've decided to go with George Horn on the bench as the scrum half replacement. Uh, like I say, Santiago Carreras and Lautaro Batan Velez, who I believe is uh, a seven sensation for Argentina. Um, but yeah, certainly I, I stick with my guns and say that Carreras is worth persevering with as a uh, fly half experiment. Uh, in the wings for Scotland, uh, it's Duan Vandermerver and Rufus McLean replacing the injured Darcy Graham. Uh, Rufus McLean is an impressive player. There's no question about it. Um, whether he can match up to Emiliano Bofelli remains to be seen. And then... Uh, in the centers, it's Mark Bennett and Sione um, Tupeloto. Look, Bennett had a really good uh, game last weekend, um, so I don't think you're losing anything there, and Sam Johnson is on the bench. Um, so, yeah, 
Fullback for Scotland is uh, Ollie Smith, who I have to confess to not really knowing anything about. Um, so we shall see how that works out. Uh, for Argentina, really excited to see Bautista Delgui back in the lineup on the wing. Uh, he is one of my favorite Pumas player, and he is a real live wire. Um, so the contest between him and Duan van der Merver, um, both who are very fleet of foot, I would say van der Merver is the bigger, more physical unit. Um, but I'd say, uh, Delgui is the more wily of the two in terms of beating defenders. So fascinating contest right there. Centers, Matthias Moronium, uh, and Matthias Orlando. Those two have played together. They, I do think they complement each other well. And one cruise, uh, one cruise Malia uh, in the back at fullback. Um, some big names on the bench. I think Ignacio Ruiz, Chaparro, and Cadella, the front row replacements for Argentina. Dave Cherry, Pierre Schumann, and Yvan uh, Sebastian. Yvan Sebastian, I thought, um, did as when he has appeared for Scotland on this tour, has has made an impact. So it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. Um, Certainly, uh, when he came off the bench uh, last weekend, I was very, very impressed with what he brought to the table. Um, and then elsewhere uh, off the bench, uh, Marcus Kramer needs no introduction. Juan Martin Gonzalez, Gonzalo Bertrandu, uh, Thomas Albornoz. Uh, Albo, Al, Albornoz. Uh, he has played for Benetton and the appearances I've seen him in the URC have been impressive. So looking forward to seeing him along with um, Lucio Sinti, who has uh, had some pretty good times um, this season um, with London Irish. Uh, for Scotland, like I say, Ross Thompson, I'm hoping to see him off the bench as a replacement for playing King for Blair Kinghorn sooner rather than later, especially if things are going well for Scotland. Um, and, uh, yeah, Andy Christie, um, sorry, my, my mistake. I said George Horn. Um, it's interesting. They've got like two scrum half replacements. I'm not quite sure how that's going to work. Um, we shall see. It's a, a strange choice by, um, Gregor Townsend. But uh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, good lineups should be a good and entertaining game. Uh, predictions. I'm going to say Argentina on this one. Um, I know I'm basically kind of saying, with possibly the exception of England and Ireland, that it's going to be across the board. Uh, a series decider win for all four of the Southern Hemisphere nations. I think the wild cards are uh, New Zealand, uh, sorry, are England and Ireland. But yeah, I think um, I think Argentina is going to bounce back. I think Australia uh, will bounce back. And I think South, South Africa will definitely, with that lineup they've got, bounce back. Like I say, all the action is on Premier Sports Asia and also TSN, with my preferred option being for your on-demand. If you can't make the 3 a.m. wake-up call on Saturday morning, being Premier Sports Asia. But uh, details on that, how to access it, and times, 
all over on the TV page of the rugbylineout.com. The last two things I want to mention are the Canada-Spain game, which was played this Sunday in Ottawa. Ca- uh, Canada uh, lost that match. Um, you know, frustrating because the week beforehand, um, they had beaten uh, Belgium 45-0. Um but this weekend, as I feared, um, you know, Spain provides a slightly different proposition. Um, you know, uh, you know, Belgium are kind of bottom feeders in Europe. Spain are kind of on, on an upward trend. And as a result, 57-34 for Spain really did not surprised me at one point it looked as though spain were going to run away with it um canada fought back in the second half and started to get some points on the board but by then it was too little too late um and the writing was on the wall i haven't seen the game i haven't seen highlights of it so i don't want to pass judgment too much um but, you know, it's just a, another, I watched the interview with Kingsley Jones after the match, and I'm getting tired of, of watching those post-match interviews. Um, you know, you got Kingsley Jones twittering on about positives, and I mean, I suppose he has to, because that's his job. Um, but quite frankly, uh, I think as all of us in Canada, as rugby fans, we're tired of making excuses. His track record is appalling. I think it's not just down to him. Um, You know, I don't think it's fair to just throw him under the bus. I think there are some much deeper problems in terms of how the men's game is managed in this country. I don't think it's all doom and gloom. The women's team is doing spectacularly well. Um, Look at the Pacific Four Series recently concluded in New Zealand. But the men's game is a shambles. Uh, It's... The coaching's a joke. The management's a joke. And also, you know, to a certain degree, when things are are tough, I, you know, you can blame coaches, you can blame management, you can blame everything. But also, you've also got to start looking at the players a little bit too. Um, you know, the last couple of performances I've seen from Canada where things aren't going well their heads go down and they they don't, you know, there has to be some belief amongst themselves. There are some good performances. There are some good players. I'm sure it's hard to keep your motivation up when you keep losing, but you also have to look at yourselves a little bit. Um, we should have won that game. Like playing over in Spain, yeah, we, but I, yeah, I would probably expect us to lose, but you know, Spain are not the All Blacks, and uh, and I don't say that in any discredit to Spain. I mean, full marks to them for the win, but we should be doing better. Should be doing a lot better. Um, enough said. Something has to change. I, I think probably Kingsley Jones has to go, uh, and I think after the summer, I think he actually does need to go. We're not in a World Cup cycle, so it's not going to be at a detriment to the, the team's chances next year. That's irrelevant. I think you got to get the scalpel out, and some heads need to roll somewhere. So that's my two cents. 
and then you had World Cup qualifier in Chile between the USA and Chile. Uh, 22 points to 21. The USA narrowly squeak a win. Once again, I haven't seen the game. But look at our own experience against Chile last year, which knocked us out of the World Cup. Uh, these guys mean business. These guys are motivated. Uh, I think both the Americans and Canadian rugby management's management should take a long, hard look at Chile because something's working for these boys. Um, they're producing, uh, you know, well above and beyond where they should, in theory, based on form and standings and global rankings and all that kind of other stuff, which I think is kind of overrated and, and irrelevant at times. But they're playing out of their skins. They are playing with passion, commitment, motivation, you name it. They got it. Um, I gather the weather conditions were pretty tricky. It was you know, just chucking it down with rain down there. Um, they now have to go up and play in Denver at altitude uh, against the USA, which on you know, given the weather here, um, it's probably going to be a fairly dry, fast pitch in front of a very ardent home crowd for the Americans. Americans probably will get the job done and qualify for the World Cup, but they've really had to work hard at it. And it's not a particularly good, you know, the trickle-down effect or the trickle-up effect, if you like, to the national sides from MLR clearly is not happening. And I don't really know why. Um, that's probably the, the subject for a, a different podcast another day and a little bit more analysis. But yeah, in short, in terms of Canadian and American rugby, it's not a particularly rosy picture right now. I mean, with that scoreline, 24, sorry, 21-22, and on aggregate, the USA, just like Canada last year, could be looking down the barrel of, of not qualifying for this year's world next year's world cup yeah so slightly worrying times anyway enough said i don't want to say too much about either game because i say i haven't seen them um i think though with canada i don't really need to see the game the problem seems to be endemic uh and you can watch as many highlights and replays as you like but you're seeing essentially the same thing over and over again it's like a broken record so something needs to change Anyway, I'm going to wrap it up for now because I've kind of uh, gone on for far too long uh, in three podcasts. So in short, look forward to what should be a phenomenal weekend of Test Rugby. Uh, I can't wait. Um, I will be getting up pretty early on Saturday morning, as I'm sure quite a few of you will be. Um, so yeah, enjoy what should be a truly stellar weekend. Uh, get the brise out. Uh, Make sure you have sufficient libations in the household. Uh, apologize to your families, friends, wives, girlfriends, boyfriends for the fact that they're probably not going to see very much of you on Saturday. But enjoy what is going to be a pretty unique experience and one that uh, most of us will probably only ever see uh, something like this once or twice in our lifetimes. So enjoy. Have a fabulous Saturday. Uh, take care. And we will speak to you next week.